And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Spring football, it's over. Before the Jets break for the summer, though, we are summing up what we've seen so far. Welcome to the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris. We have your weekly Zach Wilson update. We're going to talk about Mackay Becton, who has arrived, and we'll also talk about some of the other players who have impressed over the course of OTAs and also minicamp. Connor, I'll start here, though. The team takes a break now, what, six weeks or so? How many tea times do you have scheduled over the next six weeks? I will be totally honest with you. In a normal world, the answer would be an awful lot. (laughs) There would be there would be many, many tea time scheduled. I've seen that there's this a hole commenter who likes to like just really rip into me, who who calls me like country club Connor. I've seen that in the YouTube (laughs) comment section. Oh, here goes country club Connor again. I've seen that one in there. Uh, But no, actually, I don't have that many tea times. I'm actually not going to play. So I played on Monday. I am not going to play for at least the next 10 days because Brie and I are going to Italy. We finally oh, got nice. the, uh, yeah, we got the Italy trip. So we wanted to do it. I've, I've told you guys before, like we really wanted to do it for our honeymoon. Uh, unfortunately, right when we were, when we got married at June 25th, um, the day Morgan Moses signed, um, we, uh, uh, right around then was when like the Delta variant was kicking into high gear. So we were like, Italy was open. Italy was closed. Italy was open. Italy was closed. We were like, crap, we're, we're going to pay all this money to go out there and then be stuck in a hotel room for two weeks. So we ended up doing Aruba with the goal of we're going to make, uh, Italy our, our one year. So, we planned Connor, it. We're doing. You tell us what you have for breakfast in the morning. I forgot. Why to didn't you yes. tell us? You didn't, did not tell us mention this. Italy. We had no. no idea. Yeah, that's probably the only thing I've ever kept from you guys. I'll be honest yeah. with you because I'm like, pretty sure I literally like, tell you everything. When you do anything, you let us know. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Like I really surprised I'm going to Italy. Wow. Yeah. Very. Jealous. I can, I really did not. I think probably because we've been planning it, so I haven't really had time to like think about it. Because uh, when we booked it, we only booked it like officially booked it not too long ago. So it's kind of been on hyperdrive trying to plan this whole thing, but we're in Rome for a few days. Then uh, we're going to Florence. Then we're going down to Positano on the uh, Almafi coast, then back to Rome and then home. So I'm, no Venice? I'm so, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're there 10 days, 10, 10 nights, 11 days. I think we're doing like we couldn't when do the full two weeks. Saturday. We're literally leaving on Saturday. I can't believe I've told you guys. My whole, my, all of my cousins are going to be there. So I'm going to make it a mission that one of my cousins has to find find me. Why aren't you going? Because, you know, I got, I got a wedding in San Diego this weekend and then we have work. So, oh, guys, you just got to call off. Anyway. All right. So the Jets. (laughs) Yeah. They can. I did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming either. You should have seen, we need to roll back the tape and see Tim and I's face. We're like, yeah sorry the answer to answer your question though is if if it was not for me leaving for you know 11 days to go to another country it would probably be a lot because what i have done now and you guys will be very very proud of me is i am now a fully functioning adult i wake up at a normal time 
sometimes 7.30, sometimes 8 a.m. I've even done 6.30 a.m. I have and done even a little. I sometimes I wake up early to help Bree get ready for work at 5.30, but that's not consistent. I'll get up at 6.30, try to get going. But the reasoning for this is I found out that if I start at tea time at 7.30, 8 o'clock, I'm usually done by like 11.30, which is perfect time for Bree to be really starting her day and after breakfast and stuff. And then I can start my day with her. So I still get my golf in, then get my Bree time in, and then we're good to go. So honestly, it probably would have been four or five consecutive tea times lined up in a row at Cobblestone Creek. And then we'll you know figure out from there. But alas, no tea times going to Italy instead. Well, when All you right, get back we'll... from Italy, you got to golf with Michael. That's what we're making. There happen. you go. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll, bring, I'll bring, my to to bring my clubs to Cleveland. I'll bring my clubs to Cleveland. Perfect. So we'll do that. Oh, you guys are home. Yeah, so we'll definitely play. Yes. Yeah, I'll set, I'll set that. Yeah. Are you home home now? Um, yeah, till till training camp. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll do Yeah, I'll definitely set up a tea time. Yeah, I want to go out with them. All, <laughs> All right. right. We'll Jets, do Jets, yeah. Jets will probably also be getting some golf in, although Zach Wilson also running a passing camp uh over the course of July. We'll get into that. But let's start with Zach because that's where we all start this podcast. Um, last time we talked about this, Connor was coming out of the OTAs, and the reports were. Zach, you know, didn't look great, you know, a little bit off with the with the uh, accuracy, uh, some decisions wrong this week, a little bit better, really good on Tuesday. You posted the stats on Twitter, uh, 10 of 13 on 11, 11, 13 of 16 on seven and sevens today, I guess, took a li- not quite as good, but overall a better Zach Wilson than we saw in OTAs. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, the the Tuesday practice was the best he's looked all summer. And I think what impressed me the most, and, and I confirmed it with with people over there, like because I, you know, obviously you see things with your eyes, but you know, was it because I've seen things where I thought were really, really good, reached out to people over in the building, like, no, actually it, it wasn't as good as you thought. And I've reached out and thought things were bad, and they were like, No, it's actually better than you thought. So it's always good to to kind of, you know, check your eyes and make sure that, that what you're seeing is what you're actually seeing. And and Tuesday was undoubtedly his best practice of the summer. I mean, from those open to the media, those closed to the media, he was fantastic. And and he was uh, actually fantastic was the word that was used uh, to me to describe how he played. And I think what made the practice so impressive to me is that in the past and last year and, and other days, like you, you kind of would cling to the major highlights for why Zach had a great day, right? Like he might throw an interception here, two interceptions there, have a string of incompletions here, a string of incompletions there, but he would have hit, if we're talking about last season, you know, Elijah Moore deep down the field for a long gain or hit, you know, the tight end down the seam or made a nice play where he ran around and then bombed it deep and, and Denzel Mims made a catch or something like that. So there were always these big plays that would steal the highlights and overshadow the negativity. Well, on Tuesday, there were no big plays. I mean, I think one of the longest completions we saw was a 25, 20 yard out, 25 yard comebacker uh, to Elijah Moore on the right side of the field. Uh, had another one to Garrett Wilson over, over the middle on like a, a crossing route, like skinny post kind of a thing. So aside from those, which went for 25 and 15 yards, he, the only other shot that he really took was a deep one to Elijah Moore that fell incomplete. So it wasn't like there was the home runs or the massive plays or the big highlights to make you say like, wow, Zach had a hell of a day today. It was instead just from start to finish a consistently efficient practice where he hit all of the throws that he was supposed to hit. He looked in complete and total control of the offense. He was accurate. He was decisive. He moved within the pocket. There was a play where the pass rush came at him 
And he just, without even thinking, sidestepped left and just hit a pass. Like it was like, and and he felt the the pressure coming, moved out of the way to the left and just delivered a quick pass in the flat to the running back who then picked up six or seven yards. Like it was just a string of those plays, which made you look and say, you know what? He's out there playing quarterback now. He's out there executing the offense. He's out there moving the Jets up and down the field without the aid of the superhuman play of running around, scrolling around, throwing deep, which you can't necessarily replicate. It was just really good, solid quarterback play. And it had the Jets in their building going absolutely crazy. Now, today on Wednesday, he started by replicating that same uh, consistent uh, efficiency, that same consistent effectiveness. He started by replicating that early in practice, but he also worked in the highlights. Like he hit um, uh, uh, Jeff Smith for a beautiful one-handed touchdown in seven-on-seven drills. Hit him again for an, uh, a wheel route in a, uh, a busted coverage, like he was, you know, wide open behind the defense. But still, Zach came in stride as he ran into the end zone, and then the other play was just a gorgeous pass where. Um, I think it was it was either Isaiah Dunn or, or uh, Bryce Hall was like hanging on his one arm as Jeff Smith reached out as who's been the training camp star reached out his one hand and pulled it in with with a one handed grab for for a big touchdown down the sideline. That was today. Um, it all got like it, it was now the the effectiveness with now the highlights as well, which is why I was like, all right, Zach's now dealing. He's rolling. He's going. He did, though, come back down to earth from then, like specifically when the Jets went into the red zone drill, he struggled a lot. And I will say that. There is no, the Jets literally did not work a run play this entire camp. So there, there was no, there were no run plays deployed. There was nothing like that. So the, the defense by the end of, by the, by the time the red zone drills rolled around, the defense knew it was coming. Like they were starting to key in on things and, and they weren't biting on things because they had seen it all throughout OTAs in the first day of minicamp where now they knew. So Zach in the offense, I think that's probably why they struggled as much as they did, but I think he was like one of six. Uh, one of seven or one of eight in the red zone during those drills. The one pass was a, was a touchdown to Michael Carter, but still, I mean, it was incomplete on the seven others. And then in the um, the full team drill, like the the two minute drill to end practice, he went uh, one of two, uh, completed a short pass, but two incompletions, and the Jets punted because you know the Jets defense held. So Wednesday was not as efficient and not as effective and not as good as Tuesday was. But Tuesday was a tremendous, tremendous practice from him. Wednesday started well before he faded. And, you know, I wrote this today in a story that, that's either up on The Athletic now. I don't know if Allison's posted it or not yet. But um, it is, if you look at the totality of it, I would still call it up and down. I would still call it inconsistent. I would still say that you did hope to see more. But it certainly ended with the arrow pointed up as opposed to the arrow going even or even pointed down to an extent, which is how OTAs went. I mean, the way that we walked off the field on the, fi- the final two media open OTAs, I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, I was like, I don't I don't know about this one. You at least saw things in minicamp where you were like, all right, I think he might be getting it now. You know, you're not just having to worry about, oh, he, he knows what's wrong. Like, he was actually efficiently playing quarterback for all of Tuesday and a good chunk of Wednesday, which – which makes you say, like, for, for me, I'm excited to see him now when training camp begins. Like, I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm excited to see Zach Wilson go again. Where when OTAs came around, or when OTAs ended, I'll be honest. Like, if, if minicamp replicated OTAs, I would have been a little, a little worried, a little concerned. Uh, Robert Sala saying, asked about a ceiling, said no limit for Zach Wilson on a ceiling, which surprised me just because, like, now's the time, right, going into second season that there's nothing wrong with, like, pumping the brakes a little bit and, hey, hey, Zach's improving every day. We're excited what we see. But those are those are 
you know, big praise. And he's doing the extra stuff, it sounds like, in July. Certainly not the first NFL quarterback to, to get together with his receivers, but he's going to be doing more of that in July, uh, Zach's passing camp or, or whatever. That's important, I think, Connor, especially with all these new weapons. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's it's the other thing that Zach said about it, because you're right. I mean, he is going to get he said he told us today that they finalized whether it was an OTAs or minicamp, whenever they finalized it. Um, but they finalized the the details of all the skill position players are going to be getting together in July and working out. But Zach said it's more than just about, you know, throwing together and, and passing together. He said, you know, it's it's about he's scheduling activities, I think is what he said, which sounded like you know, a cool birthday party. Zip line, um, he, uh, rock climbing. Yeah, he, he's yeah. It's not. What, what's the, uh, the movie? Pitch, yeah, Pitch Perfect. <laughs> what is it balls. when like the. Pitch Perfect, the, the girl and or the woman in Pitch Perfect schedules them to like go away in this retreat to find themselves again. I was like, oh, Zach Wilson's retreat. Like he's going to take everyone out. They're going to be doing these weird things. To Singing try to acapella. Team chem- <laughs> yeah, team chemistry. But no, he said he's got activities planned and, and fun activities is I think the way that he described it. So um, yeah, look, I mean, I think he's doing all the right things. And and the the big thing with with Zach and and it's it's what we're going to have. We And it's it's important because it's what we saw on Tuesday. But it's what we're going to need to consistently see throughout training camp to really know that this guy's got it now and that this guy understands and that this guy's going to be carrying forward with it is that he needs to know that he does not need to be a superhero in every single play. You know what I mean? Like you don't need the 10 yard completion if you can get two five yard completions, right? Like if you have um, the underneath route there, take it. Like you, you need to trust your read. And I think the big thing with the Jets offense is like, the way that this Kyle Shanahan system, Mike uh, uh, LaFleur system works is like you're reading players, not necessarily defenses, right? Like the way that the, the concepts and these schemes set it up is that you basically need to read one guy on the field, one of the 11, and that one of the 11 is going to tell you what the defense is going to do. And if this one, if this guy goes left, you throw it right. If this guy goes right, it goes left. Where you start to drown and where you start to, to falter, when you start to fall apart, is when you try to look at the entire defense and all 11 players on the defense. And that's a lot what Zach was doing last year, that Zach was going under the field, pre-snap reading, but then also taking the snap. And as he's reading it, he was trying to dissect and analyze what every single player on defense was doing, what the safeties were doing, what the cornerbacks were doing, what the linebackers were doing, what the defensive line was doing. And in trying to do all that, it became overwhelming. And you saw the, the most... Uh, normal and easiest aspects of playing quarterback looks so difficult because of that, because he was trying to do so much. And it was because he would read things about Tom Brady and he would watch 9,000 snaps of Drew Brees' career and watching all of those snaps and watching all of those throws and watching everything they did. He'd be like, oh, well, Drew Brees does this. Oh, well, Tom Brady does that. And, and Michael Floor basically had to sit the guy down and say like, look, why don't you worry about learning this offense first before you learn what, what, Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady are doing because you you focus so much on what Drew Brees and Tom Brady are doing before you really have this offense mastered and it's just going to be too overwhelming and, and cause you to flound, drown and all this other stuff. So what I think you're seeing now, especially in year two, and you're seeing it more, you saw it more consistently once minicamp rolled around, was a quarterback in Zach Wilson who now is trusting what Mike LaFleur is calling. He has a better understanding of each play of what he's supposed to do where he's no longer trying to read both cornerbacks or or all three cornerbacks in the nickel, two safeties and two linebackers. He's not trying to read all those guys. He's knowing that my reads are one, two check down. Those are my reads. One, two check down because I'm coming to the line and I look at, I I pre snap analyze. I know that I'm going to the left side of the field. When he now looks at that left side of the field, he's cutting out the entire other side of the field. He knows he doesn't have to worry about those guys now because he's already eliminated that side of the field. He needs to read one defender. And what that one defender does, if he goes left, 
he knows where he's got to go. If he goes right, he knows where he's got to go. If he comes up, he knows where he's got to go. If he goes back, he knows where he's got to go. And all of that is helping him play faster. It's helping him play quicker. It's helping him to be more concise and precise and all of these things and much more, as I've said, efficient as a quarterback. And that's why you're starting to see a better Zach Wilson. Now, the key is to take this little snippets that we've seen in minicamp carry it over to training camp and do it throughout all of training camp and then carry that over into the regular season. And we've in OTAs, I'll be honest with you. We didn't see much to make you think Zach Wilson was any different than he was rookie year. You started to see signs in minicamp that he's really starting to turn it around. And now it's just about, okay, let, let's see it in training camp. You know, don't try to be Drew Brees. Don't try to be Tom Brady, which is what, you know, uh, Robert Sala said, know this offense, learn this offense, be in this offense and trust this offense. Trust Michael Floor to put you in the right position because he's going to. And then if all else fails, then whip out your superpower, but only use your superpower if all else fails because Zach was trying to do that far too often last year. All right, let's get away from Zach a little bit and get to the guy who hopefully is protecting Zach this season. That is Makai Becton, who was at minicamp this week. Um, lots of questions about his weight. No answers from anybody about his weight, whether it be Salah or, or Becton himself. Um, Salah didn't say great things about his training, which is something that Salah did say about other players. But but that said, Connor, um, Becton did say some good things. And I think the things you want to hear, which is basically I'm going to prove everybody wrong this season, which is what, yeah. you know, Jets fans should want to hear from this guy, because plenty of people have said plenty of stuff about Becton and it's about time yeah. he does prove them wrong. Yeah. Look, I, I'll say what is what is that? You scared me. Marissa, you can't do that. Freak me out. I saw Jets are at the Yankee oh. game. Is that is that what that yes. was? <laughs> and I meant to put it up later, but it accidentally just popped up on its own. But I yes, should have known news. that Connor's attention span would just quickly right go and not get talking. Go over. Zach's, yes. uh, we were going to use this later. Zach's uh, events have begun uh, with there the Yankee go. game. So, yeah. yeah. Although those are not necessarily his That's skill Feeney, Conklin, Uzama, yeah. Mike White, and uh, McDermott. So those are some good Yankee tickets. That those so. are those are hard to come by. But what, how do you feel, Connor? Yankee oh, by the way, me? you know who you know who's uh, uh, TikTok I I stumbled upon and I was a little upset about. It? I needed to pick your brain on this. Oh, uh, Wyatt Teller uh, is his, is it his his wife is very TikTok right? Yes. So we were at a, a little wedding. pissed off about this. No, little we were not. Off. Why we, was Michael's walk up song not included in this? Because we were not there, unfortunately. So for everyone that does not just know what read Connor's mind, um, they post it the. <laughs> Brown's offensive line went to a Guardians game and um, Carly Teller is the wife of Wyatt Teller. She posted a little TikTok of all of the guys walk up songs, which was pretty funny to see what they're oh, I wish uh, I didn't waste three minutes of my day you know, waiting for yes. Michael to come up only to so have it. Re like, Where was Michael? And yes. they even did the backups like because they did the guy, the guys that were at your like your wedding, like the guys. That well, they like, did rookies. I thought it was just going to be the starters. They did they everyone. They did everybody. Yep. Michael. Yep, they did everybody. But we were at a wedding in DC. We we're in the middle of a um, three wedding and five week stretch. We have one more next weekend in San Diego. So, so yes, we were celebrating. Michael's missing friends. everything. So he's missing the, the Carly Teller's TikTok. He had another wedding, which kept him out of Deshaun's passing camp in Aruba or wherever the hell that was like this is you got to He's got to Marissa, yeah. you got to fix his schedule. You got to you got to iron this out. <laughs> we are going to a one of his teammates wedding in San Diego this weekend. So Oh. Um, that's pretty, pretty cool trip. So oh. Odell? Sure who is it? Name drop. <laughs> Who's wedding? Yelda Froholt. He is from Denmark. He was drafted oh. to the Patriots. He went to IMG Academy. So yes, um, an international, an international wedding in San Diego. Huh. So it should be pretty fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. Yep. 
<laughs> Alex, so, uh, Game Boy, everything. Everyone, Congrats everyone, to Everyone who just holds. joined this. Yeah. yeah. Everyone who just joined this to hear me talk about uh, Makai back then is clearly yeah. very upset right now. We're showing this picture and talking about wedding. Um, no, I, I, here, here's what I'll say about Makai, though. And I'll start by there. Robert Sala is a very intelligent human being. He's a very intelligent man. He is very, 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 very media savvy. That's just that's just a fact. He has gone out of his way, as Tim said, several times throughout this offseason to praise players based off of their physical conditioning. He is not dumb, okay? He knew going into this one when he knew that he was going to speak on Wednesday and Makai Becton was going to speak on Wednesday for the first time since last September, he knew that he was going to be asked two dozen questions about Makai Becton's weight, Makai Becton's conditioning, Makai Becton's size, and all this other stuff. He has two people from the Jets media relations team and Eric Gelfland and Jared Winley who sit with him and talk with him before he comes and talks to us who prep him on all of the questions that he is going to be asked. Okay. They, they prep him on everything, everything you could possibly. All right. If they ask you this, you want to answer this. You don't want to say this. You don't want to say that. He knew that when we asked him about his weight, he needed to answer it in a certain way. That is how he knew. And he knew that it, look, if Makai Becton was at the weight that the Jets wanted him to be at, and he was at, like, he weighed, say they want him to weigh, this is hypothetical, say they want him to weigh 380 pounds. If he weighed 378, 379, 380, or 381 pounds, if he, they wanted to be in good physical shape and he did everything they wanted to be in physical shape, if they, if he was that, were both of those things, Salah was going to sit at that press conference and scream it on the top of his lungs that he's in shape and he's at the weight that he wants. Sala knows because he's not dumb and because he's been doing this long enough and because he has people that literally are there to prep him that by him not answering questions about his weight or saying, I'm not going to go into that and not being specific in terms of, he's, if you notice, he says, he's, he started, he goes, he looks good. It's, he looks good, pauses. It's good to have him here. He's being very specific and basically telling you Without saying he showed up, he showed up weighing more than we wanted to, and he showed up out of shape. He's saying, without literally, because he can't, he can't as a head coach come up and say, yeah, he weighs a lot more than we expected. He is saying it without saying it. Like he is, he's all of the, every word that he spoke to every single question about Makai Becton was calculated to get his message out there and attempt to motivate Makai again. Because apparently saying that he's not the left tackle anymore isn't motivation enough. Apparently the, the, the flirting out the rumors about their interest in Icky wasn't enough. The, the, the rumors of their interest in signing players or trading players wasn't enough. It hasn't all clicked. So now as he's sitting up there on the podium, he, and if you notice, LaFleur did it too. LaFleur did not say he is in good shape. He did not say that he is at a good weight. He did not say any of that. He didn't specifically say any of that. And it's all by design. It's by design from the floor. I'm not some, and you know me, I'm not some conspiracy theorist. I can tell you that all of this and not saying it is by design because Salah knows that if he were to come out and say, oh, he showed up at the weight we wanted to, you know, we're not going to say the specific number. We don't want that out there, but he was at the exact weight we wanted to and he showed up in great condition. He is in great physical shape. The same shit he said about Denzel. If he said Denzel, he's in the best shape of his life. All he had to say was Makai Becton. You know what? Uh, he, he's, he's at the weight we want him to be at and he's in great physical shape. He says that story is dead. Him coming out and say, sorry, I'm not going to get into that one. Ding, ding, ding. Like that's just taking the story and just continuing it and continuing it and continuing it. Now, 
look, Makai was never going to do anything in minicamp. He wasn't here throughout OTAs. They weren't going to put him out there in team drills in minicamp after he hadn't been there. Makai says he's going to be ready for day one of training camp. Salah says he's going to be ready for day one of training camp. So we're going to see him on day one of training camp. But I would say that I am a little alarmed that this entire story for the last, since the season ended, has been about his conditioning, his shape, and his weight. That has been the story about Makai Becton since he hurt his knee, missed all of last season, this entire the going in. It was the story during OTAs three weeks ago, two weeks ago, last week. To know that and to read that, and Makai clearly reads it all because he showed up in the, the big bust shirt with like all of the things that people have said about him around the circle. He, ha he had all of that, on, so he's read it all. So to read all of that, see all of that, know that's the talk of you. Like Know that is the, the talk of, of what's about you and still show up at a weight number or a conditioning standard where the coach can't even sit there and say, he's at the weight we want and he's in great shape and we're really happy. Like for him, not like that's what just blows my mind. Like, I don't get that. Like if it's like, it's if everything is about, you need to be at this number, this is the weight you want to weigh. At, and you've had all of off season to get to that number and you show up at camp and you're clearly at a weight that the jets aren't happy with. And you're clearly at, in, in a, in a physical conditioning shape that the jets aren't happy with. It's like, dude, like, what else can they say? Like, what else can they do? What else? The fact is the Jets can't do anything else. Now it's just like you got to hope that, you know, he showed up in a, in a shape that wasn't great for minicamp. But when he shows up in training camp, the message is clear that whatever they said to him inside one Jets drive, that is clear. Whatever message Salah said to us publicly and on that podium, it does get through to him so that when training camp rolls up, he is at a physical number that the Jets are happy with. He is at a physical conditioning that the Jets are happy with. And then you can get a Makai Becton that is the quote transcendent player that Robert Sala knows he can be. But in order for him to be transcendent, in order for him to be all pro, in order for him to reach the potential that he has, because he has the ability to be one of the best left tackles in the entire NFL, one of the best left tackles that we've seen in recent memory, in order for him to be that good, he needs to stay at a physical shape that keeps him on the field because a man that big cannot carry that much weight without his body breaking down. That's why you've seen the foot injury that contributed to the knee injury in Carolina. That's contributed to him missing practice time and practice reps as a rookie sophomore year and, and everything else is that his physical shape. And we talked to, to Benton today and he said the same thing. You need to be at a number that keeps you on the field. Makai Becton has to reach that number or he's not going to be on the field and all that talent, that transcendent ability his his all pro potential. It's all going to be thrown by the wayside because you can't be an all pro player if you are not on the field. And right now his conditioning and his physical shape has kept him off the field because it's led to him getting hurt. That needs to change. The Jets have made it clear to him that needs to change. The Jets have screamed atop their lungs that need to change. But to me, it's a big red flag when that has been, this isn't new. This isn't like last week we all started talking about Makai Beckton needs to be in shape. We've been talking about this for a year, years. Literally, I mean, his 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 press conference is when he got drafted. We talked about how much he weighed. Like that's what we talked about how much he weighed as a, his his draft year. We talked about that. He ballooned to 400 as a rookie. He ballooned over 400 last year. So we're still talking about it all of last year. He's been able to work out because he posts those workout videos. So clearly he can burn a sweat. And now we're here. He shows up to minicamp for the first time after skipping all of OTAs. He finally shows up to the Jets, steps on a scale, and it's not a number that the Jets wanted him to be at. Like that just. That blows my mind. Like, I don't get that. That 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 really does blow my mind. And again, you just, you hope something eventually settles in. But if telling him he's not the left tackle anymore, like Salah did a senior bowl, having the exit meeting as stern as it was when LaFleur and Salah met with him and Benton met with him, 
saying the things that he said publicly. Now, if he doesn't show up at, to training camp in shape, you, you just have to say like, nothing's ever going to click for him because he missed time year one, missed time year two. The jets have said, you're missing time because you're too big. You need to lose weight. You need to be at this number. If he still doesn't get to that number, it's like, well, I'm telling you, there's nothing else the jets can do. It's like, it's, it's on him. It, it's on the player. You can't, you can't literally like sit there and, and put a dog collar on him and zap him every time he goes to eat an Oreo. Like you can't do that. So it's, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, he's gotta be on him. When, when they drafted him, we kind of knew this was going to go one of two ways. He was either going to kind of get it together and become, I mean, you could have injuries, but become the star left tackle. Or yeah. there was talk at that time that maybe he was a player that would go this direction and it would weight would be a problem. And he wouldn't, wouldn't get the act together. Wouldn't put the work in. Um, they did their research and they felt like option one was what was going to be. So this makes you question like maybe the, maybe the background checking and, and all the research they did into this guy just, kind of failed the jets at the draft time we'll see people change also so um hopefully he spends the next six weeks um losing a few pounds and, and getting there but well, all he's yeah, got to do is are... eat right and drink water he said he said it's very oh, yeah. easy to lose weight you just drink well, water and and eat you eat better and drink a lot of water i know something that he can eat tim magic spoon oh my god play it like please tell me you're not doing this live and we can listen to how damn excited you were when you say cinnamon roll I need let's, that played whenever I'm down. Cinnamon roll! <laughs> let's go to break and we'll be back let's after this. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I thought Connor was going to jump in with something. No, he's just... Just when we think we know him, Tim. What? What happened? He's just like staring at the screen. I I, I usually start to talk after the break and you jump in with something. And so this time I I literally paused and waited. (laughs) You just saw it. Marissa, you you should get like a point. You should get a, um, uh, what what do they call it? Where you get money when you sell something like your little discount code. Somebody here, Jack Stalo says he's buying a cinnamon roll magic spoon because you, I also haven't had any magic spoons sent to my house in a while. 
they stopped this. They started coming out with these all these bomb ass flavors, and we stopped getting Magic Spoon. Yeah, blue uh, B two. There's cinnamon roll, obviously, but uh, blueberry muffin. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I do love blueberries. New shipment. Here we go. Yes. Anyway, uh, one thing you don't get on your Magic Spoon is sauce. That was is that mm, bad. That was bad. Very good oh, transition. Yeah. Italians don't consider do, do well. Italians, their whole th- isn't the whole thing. Italians like gravy is sauce, right? Yes. 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 Get used to that. But is it? But is it? But is it sauce is gravy or gravy is sauce? Like what? Sauce what do you, what do you, what do you call spaghetti sauce? Sauce is gravy. They call so, spaghetti, spaghetti sauce gravy. gravy. Yes. yes. Okay. Never mind. Then it wouldn't yes. work. Okay. Never mind. Because I was gonna say maybe maybe they call milk and cereal. Like is that the cereal's gravy? There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Wild. Anyway, I'm going to Italy and I'm going to blow minds when I go to Italy. <laughs> I took Italian. Did you know that? I, I told Bree. Bree didn't believe me. I think I said post on Mario Albano before he goes to Italy. What do you think? I did. I'm trying to lose it. I think we should know 175. what your weight is when you leave and come back. I know as of yesterday, 175.2. Okay. I got so a little porky. Right. I got up into the 180s again and I had to like get that in check. So a lot of eating right and a lot of water and also working out. I got down to once. I was hoping to be 172 before we left. But All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, uh, but I was going to say something. Okay. Was it related to the Jets? I hope no, I think it was. Oh, yeah. No, so I, I told Brie I know Italian and she didn't believe me. And I was like, I swear to God, it took three years of Italian in high school. It was Posto and Dario Albano. And she goes, What the hell does that mean? I was can like, I means, Can bathroom? I go to the bathroom? And she goes, That is not what that means. I was like, I swear to God, look it up. She goes, You don't know how to speak Italian. I was like, I do. Bon, uh, buongiorno. Uh, I was like, Posto and Dario Albano. Ciao is like, is like slang. I was like, It's good. She goes, No, it's not. So I literally had to get the Italian translator and do like, how do you say, uh, can I go to the bathroom? And sure enough, post on Dario Albano. So literally all I know because I was, I barely passed Italian. That was bad. They told me all we were going to do was eat chicken parm. Like when they came to middle school, they're like, take Italian. All we do is eat Italian food every day. I was like, I'm in. And guess what? We didn't. Oh. I took I French for six years and we, we oh went to God. Paris and I was wow. useless. So I got so many detentions from Miss Papuga my freshman year at Italian all the time for talking in class. I mean, shocker. Yeah, Shocker. you should Papuga. write her a letter and say, Hey, I, I, me. I went into it paid a off. Where I, yeah, yeah. by the way, yeah. yeah, maybe someone knows her. Maybe she's a Jets fan. I don't know. Uh, no, okay. actually, I think she was from Buffalo, Miss Papuga. That's a flashback. Yeah, Oof. she did not. <laughs> All right, so the defense pod tonight. Did you think you'd be dropping talking about Miss Papuga? No, I did not. Did Marissa, not you're encouraging. Okay, she got married by now, so no one can go find her. <laughs> Off the rails. This is what happens when we do this pod at nine o'clock. Yeah, very tired. <laughs> All right, uh, back to the Jets and the defense, which has looked pretty good, especially the secondary. Um, Sauce Gardner got his number, Connor, fifty grand, uh, according to you, not Ven mode, which was key information on Twitter. Yeah. But anyway, overall, let's talk about the secondary, and I think the guy most people want to hear about is Sauce because so far he has lived up to the hype of the pick they took him with. Yeah, and I, I saw you mentioned the fifty thousand thing. I and then I saw Sauce tweet today that I said fifty dollars, not fifty thousand. I have a feeling that was DJ Reed saying, Don't send the IRS after me. Cause I don't think he's oh yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think he's claiming on like his his little forms that he got 50k. Because the, we were talking about this in the media room because it took off. Like it was I saw it on like NFL network, ESPN, everything like that. The other thing to remember here, like the whole is it fifty dollars or fifty thousand? I asked Sauce, like, first of all, $50 doesn't even get you a tank of gas. So I really don't think that that DJ Reed 
who just watched Sauce Gardner get like $35 million guaranteed dropped in his account with whatever his signing bonus was. I don't think he took $50 from him. Like maybe like 5000 would be the minimum, but like he said 50 And if it's 50 like I asked him, I was like, did you Venmo? He goes, no, I wired it to him. You think that Sauce Gardner you can't had to Venmo, wire? Right? You can't Venmo fifty. You can't Venmo fifty grand, but you can Venmo fifty dollars. You don't think Sauce right. like you think you think if it was fifty dollars, Sauce would have wired him fifty dollars? Like you don't think he could have just reached into his wallet and at least given him a hundred? Like you think like no, it was fifty thousand, and he's just trying to backtrack to get like the IRS off his ass. I'm sure because like that just went it spread like wildfire. Now you know DJ Reed's gonna get a note like um, you didn't file taxes on this random fifty thousand dollar investment you were wired to you. No, they're, they're trying to trying to. Yeah, no, sorry. It's no, it was definitely not $50. No, there's no way. And if he, and if sauce, if sauce like sold, bought an, or if, if DJ Reed sold his number for $50, I question DJ Reed. I have, I have, I have some, I have some serious concerns with DJ Reed for selling that number to 50. The it is interesting because taking it as a free agent and then getting 50 grand out of it. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was brilliant. But normally um, the veteran comes in and buys the Jersey from the young guy on the team, right? This was like backwards and that the rookie yeah, yeah. buying the Jersey from the veteran. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how about Gardner on the field? Good. I think he's as good as advertised. I do. Like, I mean, we're going to, we're going to see a lot more. Like we're, we've got to see him in training camp. We got to see him consistently. We got to see him like over and over in pads and stuff like that. But there's this, like, first of all, you look at him and the dude's so much bigger than I thought he was. Like he is a, he is every bit of six, three, like, and, and, and every, every bit of six, three, like he is a big, big dude, super fast, super athletic, super agile, super fluid with his hips. But he's also got this like swagger and energy about him that is you can already tell infectious. Like when he had that pick six in the in the red zone and ran it back, I think it was one of the safeties. It might have been Will Parks or someone like that, like met him when he was coming back at the opposite 10 yard line. And the two of them just started dancing together off of the pick six. Like you can tell he's one of those guys that his teammates are going to absolutely love being around. He's one of those guys that's going to bring in an added energy boost to the secondary and he's one of those players that while he constantly wants to get better and he constantly wants to improve and he in no way, shape, or form thinks he has arrived, he does know that he's good. Like you like there when, when you're good at something and you know you're good at something, you kind of have like that energy and and that 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 mentality about you. You can tell he's got that. And again, you don't want to crown him, you don't want to anoint him, but it, I think what to me makes him different, more so than just the physical talent, which is evident in all that is just he seems like a very, very genuine, authentic person. You know what I mean? And the way that I would compare it to is, is Jamal Adams when he was here. Jamal was one of those guys that people followed him, but they followed him because he sat there in the middle of the room and screamed, I'm the leader, follow me. You know what I mean? He was one of those guys where people were always around him, but I don't know if they were always around him because people wanted to be around him or Jamal saw where everyone was and then he put himself in the middle of the circle. He was very, to me, I didn't find him to be an incredibly genuine player or a, a genuine person. It was like one of those guys that wanted to be so many things and thought he was so many things and put himself in a position to be so many things despite not actually being them. And I used to compare it to like Marcus May. You know what I mean? Like people followed Jamal Adams because they thought they were supposed to follow Jamal Adams. People followed Marcus May because they wanted to follow Marcus May. You know what I mean? Like when Marcus May, you know, when, when, Yo, Jamal Adams spoke a lot and everyone always heard Jamal Adams, but they heard him because he was screaming and they heard him because he was yelling. People heard Marcus May speak because when Marcus May spoke, 
you wanted to follow what he was doing. You know what I mean? And and Sauce is one of those guys that's kind of, he's clearly more vocal. He's clearly more energetic than May ever was or anything like that. But he seems like a guy who people just gravitate towards because they want to be around him, not because they think they should be around him. You know what I mean? Like he is just a, a fun, loving, infectious personality guy who, and it's early. Like I haven't gotten a chance to see him in the locker room yet, but he just seems like a very genuine, authentic person, which also goes right in line with the players that, that Joe Douglas has tried to acquire. And Joe Douglas has invested draft picks in and free agent dollars. in as he wants to get those genuine players and adding another one of those guys back there in that secondary where you can see he's already just vibing and gelling with all those guys. There's no problem even talking smack with some of the receivers and like, uh, LaFleur will tell you how you can tell in practice uh, Gardner's already starting to jump some routes because he wants to make some plays and he thinks he knows what's coming. So there's like this cool little cat and mouse game going on between Zach Wilson, Mike LaFleur and Sauce Gardner, where they're trying to get Sauce to bite on things because Sauce has now seen it five times in a row. So he's like, I think it's coming on six. So Zach and LaFleur are going together like, let's see if we can get Sauce on this. Let's see if we can get him on the double move. And they actually got him once on one of like the the comeback routes. Like they got him on a comeback because he thought he uh, Sauce started sneaking over to the uh, he thought it was going to be a seam route to the tight end down the middle. So Sauce started like sneaking over to the middle to try to get it. And the Jets threw a comebacker to to Elijah Moore in there at twenty five yards. What was actually wildly impressive was the way that um, Sauce Gardner turned around at the cut. Like he started flirting over, and he like the Jets thought it was going to be an easy pitch and catch, like super super easy. Because Sauce started flirting and, and cheating over to get to the middle where the slot, where the, the tight end was running down the seam. But then he realized it as a split second when Zach pivoted and he immediately flipped his hips and almost got over to make the play on Elijah Moore. Now, Zach put a rifle in there, so he still caught it by the sideline. But Gardner almost made up for it. Like he almost made up for it. But they, like it's, it's this cool little cat and mouse of like how you're watching it go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think for me, it's like, I'm going to, I can't wait to see that go throughout camp. But, you're starting to see little plays here and there where like the kids just he's he's more talented than any corner I've seen in, in in at least four or five years out here for the Jets. I mean, there was a play in practice on Wednesday where Zach rolled out and threw a uh, tried to just uncork one and throw one on a little bit of a scramble drip, drill to Corey Davis. And Davis had a step on more or more. I'm sorry. He had a step on Gardner like there, there was a step on Gardner where he was like breaking free. If this is last year, two years ago, three years ago, it's a touchdown. It's a pitch and catch touchdown. Corey Davis catches it, fights off the defender, and goes in the end zone. Gardner used his speed to close the gap, ball skills to ball skills to locate it, and then jump up, bat it away, and it was incomplete. And then he celebrated in the secondary. Like there's a, a talent there that still needs to be groomed, still needs to be cultivated, still needs to be developed. But there's a talent there like the Jets haven't had in a good long while. And then you add that with his personality that players are already in love with, and you, you get a you get the makings of a of a player that not only looks deserving of, of going number four, but the Jets are, are pretty thrilled he made it to number four. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, we're running late because we've talked about lots of other stuff other than the Jets tonight, Mrs. but let's Pagula, finish up. whatever. Kapuga. <laughs> <laughs> but let's finish up uh, with the receivers because of the surprises here. First of all, Denzel Mims in great shape and has made some plays. But more Not importantly, overrated. Jeff Smith, 
Have, am I hearing yeah. this right, Connor? Jeff Smith, yeah, Jeff Smith, the star yeah. of OTAs. Yes, yes, <laughs> Jeff Smith. Seriously, like it sounds like a joke, but no. I mean, it's it's he's working in with the first team. He's getting a lot of reps with the first team. Some of them naturally, where the Jets are putting him out there with the first team. Other times where he's just rotating in and he's in there with Zach. But it's it's every day he's making plays. Like every single day he's making a deep play here or a deep play there. He's incredibly versatile in that he um. He has the like he's he's a he's in college. He was the one who like did like a million different things in college. So he can kind of run like a running back and, and play receiver. And he's played outside now. He's played slot. He's kind of a gadget player before, but now he's really learned to play receiver. I mean, he's making play after play after play. And and look, I don't think there's any grandiose ideas of, of this guy beating out, you know, Corey Davis or like Elijah Moore, or Garrett Wilson to fight those guys for playing time as the big three receivers. But he's absolutely like that fifth guy, you know, because you got the big three, then you have Braxton Berries is four, then there's your fifth receiver. You got to figure out if the Jets are going to keep five or if they're going to keep six. He's fighting there with Denzel Mims for that number five spot. And he's making play. I mean, Denzel hasn't looked bad, but Jeff Smith just makes play after play after play. And a funny little Jeff Smith story is like, I, I remember when the Jets hired Mike LaFleur, uh, one of the, the guys, um, uh, one of my league sources, uh, who's, who's very, very good to me, um, is a, a pro personnel guy in, in the, in the NFC West. So he knows and, and has built and, and consumed defenses and offenses that are designed to stop Robert Sala's defense and, and Kyle Shanahan's offense. So I called him and was just like, Hey, can you explain this Kyle Shanahan offense? I mean, it's your job to, to know it enough to where you think you can beat it. Like explain to me what it needs, what it likes, blah, blah, blah. So we wrote a story on it. You can go back and read it if you want to on The Athletic. It ran when when LaFleur and all were hired. Um, but it, one of the players that he told me about when like we were going through like, oh, who could fit here? Who could fit there? Is he goes, you know, don't sleep on Jeff Smith. And I was like, Jeff Smith. I was like, what do you, what do you mean Jeff Smith? And he goes, no, he goes, I'm serious. He goes, I, I, I studied him coming out of college. He goes, I think he's a really, really, really good fit for this offense. He goes, I think he'll find a home for himself. He goes, I don't know if it'll be this year next year or maybe i'm wrong he goes but he's a guy i keep an eye on because i think he's going to be a really good fit and really endear himself to that coaching staff and now we're a year later and i mean i'm telling you like he's working in with the ones and he is making play after play after play daily i mean the the, the catch that he made for a touchdown and seven on seven drills literally he's being i told you one hand is being held and the other one he just reaches out and pulls it in and makes the touchdown grab so i've been wildly impressed with him and that that wide receiver five battle between him Denzel Mims and Calvin Jackson. I think that's going to be a really fun one to watch play out. And and I don't, I don't know who the edge is because you think that you know there's still a scholarship that that's tied to um tied to Denzel obviously, but the Jets clearly like Calvin Jackson and Jeff Smith keeps making play after play and has value both to play you know a little bit in the backfield, a little bit here, a little bit there, and special teams. That that's going to be a positional battle. You know, it's not the sexy positional battle, but it's certainly a positional battle worth watching as the uh, as the summer unfolds. All right, real quick, we talked about Sauce Gardner. How about Garrett Wilson? Yeah, so so Jeff, I know, I know, I get, I get blown up on my my Twitter a lot with like, hey, where's Garrett? Where's Garrett Wilson? Where's Garrett Wilson? Where's Garrett Wilson? He's getting a lot better. Like, like he 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 definitely started making plays in mini camp and all that stuff. But the thing about Garrett is that he hasn't really, he hasn't. We have not, nor have the Jets coaching staff yet, seen what Garrett Wilson can really do because he is really swimming in his head right now. I mean, this, this Kyle Shanahan scheme, which well, this happens taking, to receivers though, in the NFL regularly yeah. on any team. So, I mean, the slow, you know, yeah. figuring it out anyway. Go yeah. Ahead. And it's, 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 it's on overload with this one. Like, like this right. offense requires a lot of their receivers. Like it's very quarterback friendly, but it requires a lot of their receivers. So Garrett Wilson's like, 
he's a he's a fish out of water right now trying to understand and figure out all this. So he's basically been given the whole playbook, been trying to 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 fast learning and all that stuff and been struggling with it and, and making mistakes and mental errors and rookie mistakes and things like that. He's not going to get a what a 6 week break basically to like not get away from football but kind of set back and now for 6 weeks just process, learn, review and then go back to installs again for training camp to rehash to then build on it where I think you're going to see you're really going to see what Garrett Wilson's capable of once training camp rolls around. We saw little snippets and little bits here and there of what he can do with his body control and his route running and stuff. We just haven't seen it in full force yet because he still really is dissecting this playbook and learning this playbook. But once he gets that down, once he learns it, the Jets are absolutely in love with this kid and and it's I mean it's it's Elijah Moore told us today, he's, you know, he's I think he said it's uh, it's going to be almost impossible for for teams to cover or for teams to guard all three of us. And and I think that's probably going to be true. I mean, this is the first time in a long time where I can remember the Jets not only having three legitimate, good to potentially great receivers, but also two to three tight ends and two running backs and a quarterback they believe in. So uh, unfortunately, there's not really that much to talk about with Garrett Wilson, despite people asking me about him all the time, but it's just because he's still learning this playbook. But his skills there, we're starting to see it a little bit, but you're really going to see that kid take off in training camp, I think. Maybe the second week, third week might still be slow to start, but once it clicks, when, you know, once once it really clicks for him, that's when you're going to see his play go way up, way, way up, up, up. Seems like this offense has a little bit of a swagger to it, which is pretty cool to see. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us, um, Connor. Apparently, you're going on vacation, so congratulations. Have a good time. We'll have a podcast when Connor's back, so a couple of weeks from now, um, we'll probably check in about something at that point, although we have entered the slow time of the NFL calendar. There isn't much of it, but this is it, So, but we'll we'll figure out some stuff, Um, but in the meantime, read all the great stuff happening at The Athletic. You can subscribe now for $1 a month for up to six months, theathletic.com slash can't wait to get that great deal. I think there's a 50 cent deal bouncing around too. Saw but that not. Yeah. Yeah. That's but don't use that one. Use the can't wait one. Like that one would be too. Yeah. Fun. Give us the credit. So come to can't wait. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us. Um, unless you have something else, Connor. Uh, no, I was just going to, does even matter where they sign up for? Like if it's like, do we get credit? Do we actually get credit? I mean, we don't see it in our page. Well, it's tracked. It's, be nice. it's tracked. You get yeah. a pat on the back. Years stuff, into guys. this. then. That's <laughs> check guys. Anyway, ciao. We'll talk. Yes, ciao. ciao. Oh, we'll someone Dario Bagno. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.